Welcome to another chapter podcast with your hosts, Claire and Rebecca. Do you love books? Well, you've come to the right place. Join us as we discuss all things books. Welcome to season two, chapter three of another chapter, the podcast. This week, we caught up with Chloe, who is a well-known bookstagrammer and goes by the name of Nurse Fancy Pants on Instagram. Rebecca, what did you make of our chat? Oh, it was so enjoyable. So, so enjoyable. It felt much more like a chat than an interview. Um, I suppose both of us have met Chloe in person before and we, you know, we would interact with her on Instagram a bit. So, you know, that probably did, did help, but it was very enjoyable. Um, She is as enthusiastic as us about books. If not And is a much, (laughs) yeah, and is a much more established blogger and bookstagrammer than either of us. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she said was it 2012 was yes. when she set up her account yeah before I'd say the vast majority of us even probably had Instagram yeah you know she was ahead of the game books on Instagram yeah absolutely absolutely and you know I think for a lot of people she is an account that people look up to or you know look forward to checking out between the book content the lifestyle content um know whatever whatever it is she she chooses to share with us that people really enjoy her content in general and yeah I really really enjoyed the chats about the books with her literally like the three of us well apart from you Rebecca but the three of myself and Chloe had cups of tea <laughs> oh yeah Rebecca, I'm like regretting her decision not to have a cup of tea <laughs> um, but we were just sitting down chatting about books and it was like Literally just going for a cup of tea and talking about what we've been reading and stuff. Yeah. Like we were all in the same sitting room. Yeah. Having having the crack. I particularly enjoyed listening to Chloe talk about the book that had an influence on her. Um, and it's one that I definitely would like to pick up. It sounds like something that we could all learn an yeah. awful lot from. I really enjoyed Chloe speaking about... I suppose the content that she posts. So like she started out as a beauty blogger yeah. in kind of the OG days of beauty.ie and how she's transitioned into bookstagram, like deliberately so. Um, but that she also incorporates things like, you know, finding gratitude in her day with her tiny yes. tiny joys and her nice things. And how, you know, we have to actively seek out good um in in our day to make sure that we are focusing on the positive and not the negative so. yes which links in nicely to to exactly the book that influenced her yeah so like she has loads of recommendations yeah. loads of books she enjoys um there is going to be a whole list in the show notes for people to to take inspiration from yeah so we hope you enjoy listening to our chat as much as we enjoyed having the chat 
Chloe is a much-loved bookstagrammer with a following of over 16,000 people. She is an award-nominated blogger, mammy to a beautiful little girl, a nurse and a full-time promoter of Tiny Joys. So perhaps better known to most of us as Nurse Fancy Pants, we're delighted to have Chloe here to chat about her love of reading and life as a well-known bookstagrammer. So, Chloe, outside of that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself for those who may not know you? And we'd also love to know where your Instagram handle came from. Oh, that's a good question. Um, thank you for having me. I'm very pleased to be here. I think you've probably covered all the interesting things about me there. <laughs> so, <laughs> awesome. um, Nurse Fancy Fans actually came about because I it was around 2011, 2012, and Ireland was just awash with bloggers. It was a huge thing at the time. And I was really into like Butte.ie and all like Cherry Sue and all those kind of pages. Yeah. And I had just had to take long term sick leave from work. And I was kind of like, what the hell am I going to do with myself? How am I going to use my brain? I had gone from like doing 13 hour shifts to being at home. And so I was like, I'll set up a blog, of course. What a great idea. And being someone who enjoys the fancier things in life, uh, people would have said, oh, you're a real fancy pants to me before. And Ah, I thought it was cute. And I also thought it'd be kind of memorable. And then I decided to throw the nurse in because I thought it was funny and it somehow has stuck and it is memorable because now when you say it to people, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll have trouble forgetting that. So I'm like, excellent. <laughs> Although it has nothing to do with books. So it can be a bit tricky sometimes these days. But yeah, yeah still. it was a good strategy for a stay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> how did you find starting out as a beauty blogger? Like we're very intrigued in how that so we know how it kind of started, but what made you transition to books? Like when did that change come around? Was it a natural thing for you? Or yeah, you just... I just realized there's only so much I could say about beauty stuff because I'm not like naturally gifted with makeup. I just really liked it. And so I was kind of like, I need to bring something else in here. So it ended up very quickly becoming more of a lifestyle blog anyway. And so I started introducing I wouldn't even call them book reviews. They were kind of like roundups at the end of the month. I'd be like, these are all the books I read, like a small paragraph on each one. Um, and I actually checked my Instagram because I was kind of thinking to myself, when did I actually start posting on Instagram yeah. as well? But it was around the same time. So I set up a blog and an Instagram page around 2012 and used them both interchangeably. Wow. And, and my my very first book Instagram post is also from 2012 and it was a Tana French book. Um, but again, it was just like, I'm reading this and I'm enjoying it. And that's about as yeah. far as I went. But kind of as time went on, I realized that actually Instagram is a really good mode of writing book reviews because people don't want to read like a huge, big, long blog post mm-hmm. on it. And so it's kind of the, a perfect length. And so I kind of transitioned eventually, maybe like 2016, 2017 to just doing Instagram. Um, and for a long time, I've been doing kind of more lifestyle stuff anyway, less beauty stuff and a lot more books. So it kind of made sense to move move fully over to that really. And then I think in the last few years, I've moved away from more kind of personal stuff as well and um, because people just seem to prefer the book stuff and a little bit of live stuff thrown in but not not too much so. and yeah I, I think we both really enjoy like the tiny joys you know and I, and I presume that kind of came not from nothing but like it probably turned into something a lot bigger than what you ever intended it to be did it yeah, I had actually been doing tiny gratitudes for a while because I'd read loads of stuff about the importance of bringing gratitude into your life. And it's a really cheesy American thing. But I was like, actually, there is something nice when you're having a bad day to think about something you're grateful for in the day. And then last year, after I, I came out of hospital after having surgery, I was I had taken a break from doing the nice mm-hmm. things that I was, you know, posting you know, pleasant things on the internet. Yeah. 
I'd taken a break for a while and decided to go back to it. So I was kind of trawling the internet, looking for nice things to post. And I found these videos of this woman who's a researcher in neuroscience. And she was just really pleasant videos. She was she introduced the concept of tiny joys. She was basically saying it's kind of like um, our brains are programmed to remember all the bad things because from an ev- evolutionary point of view, it's like a warning for us, like, don't go over there. That's bad. Or, you know, that food isn't good or whatever it is. And she's like, we're much less likely to, to notice the good things. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to almost program your brain. Oh, oh, that's a nice thing. Like, whatever it is, a small thing. And she kind of started doing that in her own life and then spread it onto the internet. And I just thought, oh, that's a really good idea. I did share her videos. I didn't steal her idea. I, was, I love this woman <laughs> and what she's saying. And I'll start doing it myself. But it's worked out really nicely because whenever I post them, it kind of instigates other people to do it as well so then people will tag me in theirs and I love what other people's ideas of tiny joys are as well and they can like be really small things or else very big things and you know people will always message me and be like that's not tiny that's a major joy so <laughs> they clarify and say it's a major joy but it's just always really interesting seeing other people's ones because they're it's just it's joy it's name so yeah yeah it's just um it's definitely a really cheering thing I, like I love the tiny joys every morning like one of the first things I'll do if I'm on Instagram which I usually am I'll go and look and see if the tiny joys have been uploaded because I'm very much into that as well like gratitude yeah. and all that kind of crack and yeah. it's it's a habit that you have to build up but it's very it's it's a difficult habit to upkeep I find it is. yeah it's particularly hard at the moment obviously there's lots of terrible things yeah. going on in the world. Um, but even recently someone tagged me in it and I was like oh yeah tiny joys I forgot that I I used to do that and then I noticed, started noticing myself again I kind of almost needed the impetus to kind of go and start like really small things like things I noticed on my walk I do the same walk every day because I bring my daughter to Montessori yeah. and if I don't purposely look out for the things like a really beautiful flower in someone's garden or the swans the canal or whatever it is or some new graffiti or something um then like I just won't notice them. I just, my 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 brain won't even look at them and take them in. But if I'm actively looking for them, then it, yeah, and it's nice to share them then too. I think it is. Can I ask you like, okay, you've got sixteen thousand followers. Do you feel under pressure to like upkeep the things like the tiny joys and stuff? Like if you like for me, that's very on brand for you. I think of you. I think of books. I think of tiny joys. Like, do you feel that so happy? Do you feel that? <laughs> That, that there is pressure on you to to be that person to have that that content um, I do think I give out a lot as well um, I like that you've had that impression of me I worry sometimes that people think I'm a bit of a moaner because um, every so often I'll just be oh, giving out a bit that's all <laughs> yeah <laughs> to be fair <laughs> um, so that's nice to hear that um, I do sometimes like I've taken breaks from doing the nice things and from doing tiny joys and stuff and I will get messages from people being like no pressure at all. You know, I know you've got a good reason for not doing them right now, but I just really miss them. And I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy doing them too because starting your day off like that can only be a good yeah. thing. And it definitely puts a different perspective on things. Like, I think it's really easy to see everything as being very gloomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you see, I, most of the time, it's just people being good. And that's always, yeah. uh, you know, um, a positive thing to see first thing in the morning. So hopefully we'll get back to them soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just hard yeah. the moment to actively go looking for nice things on the internet because there's so few. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Work, you know. Yeah. Even though yeah. I think probably now people need them more than ever. You know, we'll get there. Yeah. 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 That's fair. And and just in terms of kind of while we're talking about things that have big 
small impacts on you? Like, is there any particular book that has had kind of a big impact on your life and why? If yes. Um, you know, there's probably loads of them. Um, I, I reread Little Women a lot when I was a child. Um, and I always felt like it was kind of a mirror of my own family without the, you know, the cozy um, American vibes to it mm-hmm. because I have sisters and there's four sisters in the book. Um, that's so I suppose that probably definitely there's a lot of um, there's good vibes in that book. I suppose it was nice to read as a child, but like on a completely opposite scale to that, about like maybe 15 years ago, I read a book called The Gift of Fear. <laughs> Which sounds like a terrible book to read, but it's definitely impacted my life in the sense of it's actively changed how I behave. Oh, wow. um, it's it's written okay. by security, like international security expert called Gavin De Becker. And he was on Oprah's show in the nineties and then this book blew up because Oprah promoted it. But it's basically him talking about like trusting your instincts. And, you know, not being afraid to look foolish in a situation where you're like, oh, I don't I don't want to look rude. I want to be polite. Mm-hmm. And he's rich. like women are trained from childhood to do that. And this whole book is just him kind of untraining you. And um, since then, I basically don't give directions to anyone. It's probably not a good thing in some <laughs> ways. But um, yeah, that's been, that's been one that's definitely affected me. And it's I suppose it's made me um, much more confident as well to kind of um, put myself first in a lot of situations um, which I might not have done before that sounds really yeah. interesting that's huge I recommend it to people yeah. all the time it's one of those books I think everyone should read as a teenager especially like young women um, because when I when I read it it was like a light bulb going off I was like oh okay and like he's he interviews loads of people in it who've you know who've been in violent attacks and stuff which is awful obviously but mm-hmm. pinpointing every single case where someone's instinct kicked in and where they didn't listen to it because of that yeah. socialization, especially for women, you know, wow. it's not victim blaming in any way. Like he's very much like, this is totally understandable that this is what people do. It's human nature. Yeah. But, you know, I'm trying to help you change that and um, kind of protect yourself and be safer, which is, you know, a good thing for sure. That sounds fascinating. It really is. Yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> yeah. I'm really concerned now I've said this. It's, I say it's about 15 years. I've no idea if it's really problematic now. <laughs> so I'm going to write into your podcast and be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's okay. You've, you've added the disclaimer now, so it's fine. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're covered. And so, like, in general, would you, it sounds like you were a pretty big reader, you know, as a child. So, yeah. Um, like I always say the best thing my parents did was get us all library cards and like I had one before I could read um, I re- like really distinctly remember going to the library in Limerick and like picking out picture books and going from there yeah. and then going through like each specific age category in the library as I grew older and reading everything like there was nothing I didn't read and you know like we were pretty limited in the 90s when you think about it especially for YA and stuff yeah, like well, that like reading Stephen King means it's like there's nothing else to read so it's gonna have to be Stephen King um, which explains a lot to be honest about why I'm so creepy now but um, yeah like I, I probably read uh, it's all the same stuff everyone else read like all the Roald Dahl stuff and Harriet the Spy and Anna Green Gables and all that kind of stuff so I was always a big reader read a lot in my teens um, when I was in my 20s when I finally got money I started working <laughs> I just started building my own library so I still have most of those books now and 
to this day still buying books that I don't need. Yeah. <laughs> still. Yeah. It, it, the amount it. of books we own yeah. in comparison to the amount of books we don't own is relatively little. I saw that somewhere this evening and I was like, that's so a good. True. That's a good way to look at it. What makes me feel better? That's why we... And is there any like particular genre that would be, you know, a favourite, a go-to that you would kind of automatically pick up? Oh, thrillers, I'd say. Um, Like I bounce a lot between literary fiction and then thrillers and I kind of like go between the two. Like I'll pick a really trashy thriller as a palate cleanser after reading something really impressive and um, a bit pretentious and I'll be like okay no I need to read something super trashy now <laughs> and so I'll put in like I love um, Grady Hendrix writes kind of really trashy horror stuff and Riley Sager as yeah. well does that kind of like mm-hmm. like hilariously funny not meant oh, to be okay. um, twists for you know, out to myself but they're really enjoyable and sometimes I think that's really necessary too um, like you can't be reading Pulitzer Prize or Booker nominees all the time. I think you need to have a bit of levity in there as well. Yeah, my brain um, not functioning. <laughs> when I was younger too. Um, so that's it's nice little kind of memory lane in some ways because they feel very similar. Yeah, uh, with those kind of that. You know, and is there any particular author thing. that would be an auto buy? Then, oh, I have a few. I think because I like I'm a huge Stephen King fan, so I'll read pretty much anything he writes, bar his fantasy books. Because I just don't really read fantasy at all. Um, I love Marion Keys and Emily St. John Mandel. I absolutely love her books. Um, Station Eleven, The Glass Hotel, and Sea of Tranquility were like three of my favorite books of the last five years. Wow. So anything she writes, pretty much I will read for sure. Well, that's great. Yeah, she, that's kind of a mermaid book, isn't it? Station Eleven. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I force everyone I know to read that. And I've had a few people come back and be like, <laughs> like, I see we can be family slash friends. <laughs> yeah, I read it oh. a long time ago. Yeah, no. And I remember then when I joined Bookstagram and people were raving about Station Eleven. And I was like, I should not be here because I did not get what the big deal was. Now, it was a long time ago when I read it. So maybe I've kind of matured in my reading abilities. I think dystopia is a really difficult genre. Mm. You know, I, I tend to gravitate towards that anyway, again, with the creepiness. But I think um, lots of people just don't like that. And that's completely valid because yeah. it's not yeah. particularly pleasant reading. I quite enjoyed yeah. Station 11, actually. And I read a few other kind of similar books at the time. And I think I think the issue, the issue be in the sense that why people maybe don't like them is that they kind of tap into fears that people maybe don't know they have or, mm. you know, worries, kind of anxieties about what could potentially happen because they are not totally unrealistic situations in the sense of like worst case scenario in you know the future or whatever um, actually I think the ones that are more believable like a weird virus has taken over or something like that I like, know oh, why am I reading this <laughs> um, I remember when we were in New York I started reading a book or, well I read it and I said I started reading it um, called Severance and nothing to do with the TV show and it's basically about a woman ending up being the last person in New York after this awful virus outbreak. Oh my God. And she's the last woman living in New York and li- working. She keeps going to work in her office building on her own. Um, and it's oh, really, really weird. Yeah, walking around New York and listening to it on audio. And she's describing places I'm walking around in. And it was really, really creepy, but it was a great experience for reading a book as well. It was kind of cool. That's, co- that's really cool. But also yeah. very weird. 
If I was the last person left, I don't think I'd be going into work. <laughs> oh, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> kind of losing it as the book was going on because I was like, girl, what are you doing? Like, you shouldn't be anyway, this is crazy. Um, but, and, yeah, it's, it's um, so you spent a bit of time living in New York. How yeah, did... just a year, but where I was there yeah. for a decade. <laughs> It, no, but like, did it impact your reading habits? Like, do you know, did you read different books because of where you were living and stuff? Or do you know how people will see different recommendations based on where they're at and stuff? I think because I joined the New York Public Library and they have like an absolute cracking section. They use Libby. And like, I remember when I downloaded, I was just like, so many books. There's just so, so many new releases and really interesting yeah. books and like really diversified my reading. It was just... It was a great year for reading from that perspective, but I couldn't actually access physical books in the library because they were all closed because of COVID times. That was definitely Of course, okay. yeah. Um, so I ended up, I remember one day just going to a Barnes & Noble because there was no other bookshops open everywhere else had closed. All the independent bookshops were closed. And I was just thinking like, I just need to have physical books in my apartment. I just went in and bought like six books and spent an absolute fortune. But I was like, oh, books, I have the books now, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I, I think having access to such a huge variety of books was just amazing like they they really just have such an incredible selection and I read some really interesting ones um, none particularly New York um, specific I don't think um, other than um, The Only Plane in the Sky which is a book about 9-11 which was absolutely devastating yes. but oh, you well. brilliant audio book it's narrated incredibly well um, and I picked that up on audio after we went to the um, the Ground Zero Museum Memorial um, and it, they had it in the, in the gift shop but I had already seen online that it was a better audio one so I ended okay. up just getting it for that but it really yeah. sticks in my mind from that time because I suppose having been and seen all the stuff in the museum which was obviously very emotional and then mm-hmm. this book was just spent about like three days just sobbing which was oh, like yeah, was not great, but an incredible book and would you say that that is like the book that reminds you most of New York or being in New York or is there anything else or any other one? Um, Like I read loads of books that I think of now when I think of New York because like we weren't taking public transport at all because of COVID. So like I, I used to just go everywhere, walk everywhere and I always had Fia with me. So if I was bringing her anywhere, we would just end up walking like blocks and blocks. And obviously, mm-hmm. I was just like prime opportunity yeah. to listen to audiobooks. So I just listened to so, so many books while we were there. Um, like, I remember listening to my Dark Vanessa when I, when I was there. Just a book I just don't think I'll ever get out of my brain. Um, such an upsetting book. Um, I listened to actually Station Eleven and um, The Glass Hotel when I was there as well. So they're, they feel very New York-y as well to me. Um, but yeah, no, it's probably the 9-11 one because yeah. it just it feels so particular to New York and the book focuses so much on um, kind of the strength of New Yorkers as well. So it felt like a really nice book from that perspective to read while I was there because New Yorkers are great for the most part so it was nice to, cool. to read that. Very good. I, like, fair play to you for living there for a year. I couldn't afford to live in New York long term. That's the thing. When we were moving home the amount of messages I got on Instagram people being like you're absolutely crazy. Why would you move back to Ireland when you could stay in New York? And I was like, do you want to pay my rent? <laughs> like, we got a huge discount because of COVID because so many people left the city. Ah, so we got a big okay. discount. But even with that, like, it's crazy. And what brought you to New York to begin with? Was it work or? Um, my husband is, so in order to work in a specialized oh, area okay. of medicine in Ireland, you have to do a year abroad somewhere. 
bigger okay. centers that you can bring back your experience with you. He's He does infectious diseases in pediatrics. That's pretty specialized. So he had to go work somewhere for a year. And we were like, mm-hmm. look, we're doing nothing else here because it's COVID. So we may as well, we may as well go now. And we're yeah. not really missing anything because we can't see people anyway. Yeah. So gosh, she worked out very well, apart from me getting COVID. <laughs> you know, yeah. Apart from that, it was great. It, and it, it and it's funny to think about it in that respect, like to be able to put such a positive spin on yeah. it was, you know, COVID was the perfect time to go because you think you think the opposite, yeah. like oh for sure, yeah. I think I think we were all glued to your stories because we were everyone was like living vicariously <laughs> through you. Yeah, and it was nice because we could do a lot of touristy things without being tourists, I guess, and there, there weren't really any tourists there, so it kind of it felt like having New York to ourselves a little bit, which was yeah. nice. And also, it felt a bit like those dystopian books because there was no one on the street. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like, Ooh. I think be a you, ne- you never know there could be a book out of it by you. Yes, I'm of that. Day. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to ask you: Have you ever thought about writing? Uh, I just don't know what I would write. To be honest, like my husband is always saying, "Would you not sit down now and write a book?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> that easy. <laughs> and he's always. Do a creative writing course, and it's a great idea. But I just still don't know. You know the way when people are like, everyone has yes. a book in them. I don't know what that book would be. You know the way people always have an idea mm-hmm. or something they're pulling yeah. in their minds. I don't really have that. And then I read books that are so impressively written. I'm just like, oh yeah, no, that's why I can't write a book. <laughs> that. I know my limits. But then, then you <laughs> have your like trashy horror, you know, thriller books. Yeah, I feel like oh, I released a trashy horror book that. All my fellow bookstagrammers would be like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be really embarrassed. No one will come to my book launch in Papa's Vegas. <laughs> we all would we'd be there. <laughs> yeah, we'd be there because we're in the acknowledgements. Yeah. You can have horrors and stuff. But can we go and ask you what was the last book that kept you up at night? Was it a horror? Um, yeah. It was here, actually, um, because they're usually the ones that I kind of compulsively read um, I think that Lisa Jewell one I read last year was one of those the um, yeah. none of this oh, is yes. true Yeah, I just couldn't stop listening to that um, I found that just like an obsessive listen where I had to, I had to finish that um, and Stephen King had one out last year as well I think I've mentioned <laughs> Stephen King about six times now so apologies okay. for that um, I, I listened to that while we were in France like an idiot I remember being in bed and being like no I have to finish this I have to listen to the end of this and like everyone else is asleep in the house and like a fool I listen to the end of it and then it was a week for hours just like (laughs) you wish I hadn't done that Um, and then this year I really enjoyed Breakdown Um, haven't heard of that that author I reviewed it recently I I don't think it's even out yet or if it is it's coming out just this month she's an Irish author it's her first novel um, she's written, an, I think, a series of short stories previously. Oh, um, yes. Kathy yeah. Sweeney. Okay. I recognise the cover now, yeah. Yeah, I did stay up late enough to finish that. <laughs> late for me isn't that late these days. So, <laughs> um, yeah, another one where I'm just like, I just really yeah. want to finish this. I need to know yeah. she's okay. You know what? So I reckon you really want the character to do okay. You just yeah. want to finish it and be like, they're okay. It's fine. I can go to bed. <laughs> and what is that book about, actually? Um, it's about a mother who just wakes up one day and leaves her home in Dublin and okay. just leaves, just decides, like, that's it, I'm done. Um, and it's just about her, I suppose, 
it's kind of like her breakdown, yeah. but also her rediscovery of herself okay. as she needs to leave. The whole book through, you're like, okay, when's she going to go back? It's it's There's so much anxiety in it. And it's a real, you know, like constant dread. I'm not selling yeah. this. I know that. That's meant to dread. No one's going to want to read that book. But it's just so well written. And it deals with so many of those kind of like more yeah. difficult sides of motherhood that people generally don't talk about. I just thought it was so, so well written and just so timely as well. Um, so I really hope it does well for her because I think it's brilliant. That sounds yeah. great. And it's a debut yeah. novel. Yeah. So she has, I think, one book of okay. short stories out already. Wow. And then this is her first novel. Yeah. Mm. I'd read that, even though I don't know, because sometimes I kind of take on the emotions of main characters in books and I get very invested. Yeah. So it's not super emotional, though. It's yeah. weird because it is almost like she's having a breakdown. So she's almost quite kind okay. of quite detached from okay. herself. All emotions seem quite bizarre at times, and you're kind of reading it going, oh, like she's she's totally not herself. Like, yeah. you know, but you realize it until you're, you're further into the book and. I just, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. If you want to check out. Like, I don't know, if you were going through a hard time where you were a brand yeah. new mom, it might not be the best because it is yeah. emotional. So <laughs> like, so. give it a couple of months. Someone said that to me actually after I got via and I had received um, notes to self, Emily and Pine mm-hmm. as a gift. Actually, about four or five people <laughs> messaged me on Instagram and said, okay. don't read that just yeah. yet. Just that one for a while. Oh, okay. And I only just read it last year, just like four years later. Um, and it was brilliant. I could totally see what they're saying. So that was a really, really helpful um, piece of advice. Yeah, because you said that to me, Rebecca, last yeah, year. I think it was yeah. like the push and stuff were on my lips. And you're yeah. like, no, Claire, don't I'm go sure that was one of the, uh, the Tired Mammy books. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm almost certain that's why I read it, actually. Yeah. It was. Yeah, but I, I definitely remember saying like, oh, yeah. give it a while. Give it a while. Yeah, that one's to me as yeah. well. I still haven't read it, so yeah. I have no idea what, what happens or anything, but yeah. What are you currently reading, so Chloe? Um, unsurprisingly, I'm reading a thriller, um, <laughs> which I, isn't out yet, so I have to double check. It's Stacey Willingham, and it's called Only If You're Lucky. Okay. Uh, out in a couple of days. Oh, her books are great, actually. People love her, and it's the first one I've read of hers. I actually yeah. read it to a Met Gallery because they said it's kind of bad form but I've not read any of hers yet and I'm enjoying it yeah I'm hoping to finish it and this evening or tomorrow and I've just started the Tired Mind Book Club pick as well for February yes the Marines and Jenin so um, that's good as well and I always have a few nice. like that's the thing is that I always have about five audiobooks on the go I always have a Kindle book and I always have a couple of actual hard copies as well just in case there was any risk of running out of having a book <laughs> that I need to at least six around me at all times um, but yeah, there's a few. I've, I've a terrible library habit as well, where I have my card maxed out at all times from the library, and just you know panic now because I have twelve books to read by a certain time that I won't get read. I'll have oh, to yeah. read them for the next three months, and it's just why do I do this to myself? <laughs> it was one of my goals not do oh. this, but I obviously have failed. And and just speaking of the library, actually, um, yourself and Sinead from Third Mummy have been very involved with the library um, doing you know talks at the library and being quite involved with them like how did that come about and are you enjoying that aspect of your I suppose blogging bookstagramming yeah I absolutely love doing it Um, it, we've done it now for the last couple of years basically we were approached by the library to take part in their Redline Festival which takes place every autumn and they were like you know they wanted the perspective of someone from 
I suppose, the bookstagram side of things because it, from their perspective, it was quite new. And I think it's only really in the last few years that it's taken off so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people have been reviewing books online for a very long time, but it's become such a community, I think, especially in the last five years, that they were like, we should definitely be addressing yeah. this as well. Yeah. And we were wanted to take part because we both love the library. Obviously, we bang on about the library quite a lot. Um, and like, I wouldn't be able to read as much as I do for all and for the library. So yeah. it, it just made Same, sense. Yeah. I'm always I'm always talking to people about it. So why not do an informal setting? Mm. <laughs> um, and like we love doing it. And myself and Sinead bounce off each other really well. Like we're, we're very good friends in real life. So it's basically just transforming our chats in real life into a library, which yeah. makes it all the better. It's always really nice because people, when they, they come to these things, they also love reading or else they want to read more and they want to know more about it. And we've really got to bang the drum for Bookstagram, I think, the last, especially the last one. Um, like someone in the in the audience asked, um, like, why, why should I join Bookstagram? You know, she was like, I like reading the books I read. Why should I join this? Like, you yeah. know, sell it to me, basically. Like, well, we've been talking about this for an hour now. <laughs> so we haven't pulled it or what else? What I was saying, like, you can still read all of the books you want to personally read, but I suppose it's just a way of connecting with other like-minded people. Mm-hmm. It's a very wholesome activity. Yeah. You know, there's never any sentiment on Bookstagram because we all just like reading. We all like books. And that's always going to be a positive thing. Um, and the other thing as well, I think, is that it does open your mind up to different books. It does diversify your reading. And even if you, you know you just want to read books that you've had on your TBR for 20 years, like I read Cash 22 last year and I've had a copy of that since I was 17. Yeah. So like... <laughs> You know, another aspect of it as well, I think it's great for getting um, like classics and stuff like that. There's yeah. just so many elements. To it. And it's really nice introducing more people to that because I think like the internet can be quite harsh at times. And especially like, you know, I suppose there's always kind of negativity online as well about some things. But there's not really any of that with Bookstagram. I yeah. haven't noticed it anyway. I don't know if you sort of have noticed that at all. But no, not really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It just always seems to me like people just enjoy chatting to each other and yeah it's just nice yeah I was only saying to Rebecca yesterday that like I had my first child during COVID and the world was in mm. one of our lockdowns anyway we couldn't go anywhere and when I'd been looking forward to a time when I'd be going to like my mommy and baby groups and everything like that I had no access to anything like that and what I found was bookstagram and I found my community there do you know it it definitely, it's a lovely, lovely place. So if there's anyone listening to this that would like Ryan Bookstagram, we would highly encourage you to jump back. That's the thing. If someone sent me a message last year and she was kind of saying, oh, I'd love to set up a Bookstagram account or a book reviewing account, but I just don't think I'd feel welcome because I don't read the sort of books that you all read. And I was like, I mean, there isn't a specific type of book that we all read. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like, there's something for everyone. And that's something I love as well, that... If people message me and say, I'm looking for romance novels, I don't particularly read a huge amount of romance, but I know lots of people that do, and I can show yeah. you their accounts. Or people will yeah. say, I love to get YA stuff for my teenager, and I can show you where to go for that too. You know, like there's just, there's a huge variety on there as well. It, like that's why yeah. I mean, like, everyone is welcome. And there's something for everyone there too. There's no snobbery around it at all. And if you don't have to read any new releases. You can just read whatever you want. And you don't even have to read that much. If you want to read one book a year, that's fine too. It's just the love of reading and the love of books, I think. so. 
Yeah, and you were saying there about like, you know, that there's a huge um, variation of genres that people read and that Bookstagram kind of helps us to broaden our horizons. What kind of genres did you, I know that you've been on Bookstagram a very a longer, way longer time than I have anyway, but is there any genre that you've kind of picked up because of Bookstagram that you've been influenced to read and one that's maybe surprised you a bit? I don't think I specifically read outside of the genres I prefer that much, but mm-hmm. I think I do because of Bookstagram is I read more books that I might just not have picked up even yeah. if in a genre that I enjoy. Like if I see a review of something, I'd be like, I would never have picked that book up. Yeah. But because that person's reviewed it, I'll now go and read it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's been one of the best things about Bookstagram for me. I've read so many books that I would probably never have even thought of reading. And also from, you know, the book club as well, lots yeah. of charity that I probably wouldn't have considered reading as well. It's definitely broadened my horizons a bit. Hugely. That's what I love about Sinead's book club too, is that, you know, you want to talk about the book with people. You're you're drawn to it because of discussing books, but like the, the variety of books that are read is phenomenal, mm-hmm. I think. I've read so many books as part of the Tire Mommy book club that I would never, as you say, never have picked up for Same myself. Here. And I love them, do you know? Yeah, I would never have picked up January's book, for instance. And that's definitely within a genre that I would read. But I just, yeah. wellness um, was the book. And I did enjoy it, even though it was hefty. <laughs> I didn't read that one. <laughs> And that's another thing too that I love about books from it. I love that like, you know, wildly varying opinions people have on books too. Yeah. Like, I think that's fantastic. It's just gets you out of your own bubble, you know. Um, I'm definitely yeah. one thinking like, well, I love that book and, you know, hopefully everyone else will love it too. And then people are messaging me like, I absolutely hated that book you recommended. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. But, you know, it's just, it's good in a lot of ways because it does get you outside of your own frame of thought, I think, as well. Um, yeah always a positive thing what's the one book that you think everyone should read is it one of the ones that you've already mentioned it's not and I can recollect this very quickly because I actually posted about this last year and I asked people for their ideas on this as well because I read Bestborough um not last maybe that was the year before actually um Deirdre Finnerty's book and I was saying on Instagram that I think it's a book everyone Mm -hmm. should read and it should be in schools and I asked other people what their thoughts were as well. Yeah. But I probably also include um, Chanel Miller, Know My Name yeah. as well. Um, mm-hmm. And you could see why they are books that should be read. Do you know, as in like with the information that we're kind of coming with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can yeah. see why you would uh, recommend those ones. Yeah. Just from like other people's perspectives, their lived experiences, I think are so important. Yeah. And especially like the best for one, I think it just, we're so at risk of forgetting about those women and those girls. Yeah. And I think like mm. as a nation, we definitely need to be keeping their stories alive and making sure that they're not forgotten, you know. Um, but for sure, there's there's loads of books like that, in fairness, and I'm sure I could think of if I was um, capable at this time of leaving. <laughs> Do you guys have any yes. that you... Um. Yeah, see, we're, we're caught in the hop now. We're like, us ask, be asked a question. It's like, oh no, <laughs> I can't think. Um, see, yeah, I'm thinking now along like the, the, the non-fiction reads, like especially like that Fintan O'Toole's one, um, We Don't Know Ourselves. Like just from, oh, from yeah. the, I, I think he just covers kind of Irish history in such a 
in such a, a fantastic way and in a way that put together mm. kind of I hadn't read before and I would be quite interested in Irish history yeah. but I really I really appreciated kind of the no-nonsense-ness of that read and it's you know and, and again it kind of opens your eyes up to certain aspects of Irish history or who was involved in certain things or certain events that you kind of maybe didn't know or kind of didn't think of it in that way so I thought that I thought that is something that I would recommend kind of a, from a, a non-fiction especially an Irish non-fiction point mm. of view yeah as part of a body read you know Sarah Foley oh books yes, yes. Yeah. doing her big book book club and that's March's book so I'll be reading yeah them. excellent yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think Take My Hand um, would yeah. be one then that I would recommend I think that's really important but what it, what's interesting is all of the books that we're recommending are as you say like lived experiences how people have been mistreated and things have gone under the carpet and kind of people looking the other way yeah and it's important for us to read about them to learn from them and to hopefully not make those kind of mistakes again yeah that book was incredible yeah it was unbelievable I think it was absolutely fantastic very upsetting too but very very well done yeah it's devastating as well Mm. it's it's interesting isn't it how the wording of a question can totally change where you're going with it like like I suppose the wording of that was like a book you think everyone should read whereas if that was even worded mm-hmm. like a book that you maybe would recommend to people you might think of it like just a different mm-hmm. you know your your brain would go yeah. a different direction with that answer like yeah so yeah for and sure. I hadn't thought about that yeah. and wouldn't you um, and is there any book from last year that you especially loved that be it along those lines or otherwise like a favourite read I loved um, We All Want Impossible Things. I don't know if either of you read that last year. I don't think um, so. It's again a really depressing <laughs> book. Books <laughs> <laughs> I read are really miserable um, but it's also really life affirming and it's basically about two female best friends in like their late 40s maybe and one of them is dying and she's in hospice care and the other friend is looking after her and it just it kind of highlights all the good parts of humanity okay. is how I would describe it. Yeah. I like, I cried, I laughed reading it. I just thought it was beautifully written, but it's, it's definitely a Marmite book. It's really interesting. Like I've had people message me and say, thank you so much for recommending that. I absolutely loved it. What a book. And other people have messaged me and been like, you hate it, the main character. Okay. Um, don't understand if you liked this. And I've been like, okay, that's fair. I can see why too, because yeah. she's not likable. Uh, it's sort of a bugbear with um, books with female protagonists that people will not like the book because the character isn't likable and that doesn't really happen with male protagonists that much. Yeah. Good point, yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. I think there is a balance. There's a book that has no likable characters in it. It's very hard to to root for anyone so it can be hard Mm. to like that book to really like get on very well with it. But I think if there's just one main character that you know isn't particularly likable I can still find something else in the book that yeah. I love, you know, or I can see yeah. aspects of the character that I like. Um, so I think it very much depends on how it's done and how it's written. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed that book. I thought it was beautiful. Okay. That's true. I'll have to add that one now. That sounds like it's a good one. But it, um, I think it's worth it. Yeah. We'll lighten it up slightly so, right? Because <laughs> we've had a lot of uh, heavy, really good books that are positive and <laughs> cheerful. Conversation. Can we ask you a couple of questions that well I think we only have about two questions but they're kind of light, more lighthearted. 
So our first one is if you could have dinner with three fictional characters, who would they be? Um, I'm going to go old school. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Joe March from Little Women, Disney Bennett from Prime Prejudice, and Anne of Green Gables because they all love reading. Uh, <laughs> I think they just have a great time chatting. And yeah. I could tell them all about modern feminism and they'd probably all be horrified, but I think it'd be a good crack. <laughs> That's a nice dinner party. Worlds that they come from too. So I'd like to find out more about their worlds. Interesting. Yeah. That's a that's a very well thought out guest yeah. list. Yeah, they're three of my favourite books. Yeah. So, um, I think about them and their little worlds yeah. a lot. You know, not great times to be women in any of them, actually. No. <laughs> but um, enjoyable books, nonetheless. I was actually but. discussing Anne of Green Gables today with my mom because we were talking about it last night and um, myself and Rebecca were talking about it last night, but my mother has never read it. So oh. her mom has read it. My my paternal grandmother read it and gave me all of the books to read as I went along and stuff. And my mom was like, I've never read those books. I was going to read them out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she said, do you have a copy of it? And I do. And it's like, wait, no, where's my finger in the camera? It's there. But that's my grandmother's edition of the book that I got after she passed away. And I was like, you're just going to have to get it on Kindle reading mouth. <laughs> just <laughs> One. Yeah, that, that's staying here. You were serious when you were younger. Yeah, I did. So my my dad's mom had um a whole collection of the books, and she would read the first one, and then pass it down to all of the girls, and we'd all read it, and then we'd kind of talk about it, and then she'd read the second one and pass it along. So it was like a book club, but with only one great tradition. Book. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. It was, yeah. it was very nice. Um, it's a beautiful series as well. It's such a gorgeous, a gorgeous book. So yeah, that's really cool that you've got them as well. So nice. Wait a minute, how did you end up with them? So that, so th- that was my dad's mom that did that for us or with us, I suppose. And then my mother's mother passed away during COVID, and in her book collection there was just this copy of the Anne of Green Gables book. So my mom. Um, gave that to me so I just have the first book of it but yeah my That's aunt my, my dad's sister has my grandmother's whole collection of those yeah we yeah. have to speak in in the dead of night now and rob them from yeah. our house <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think I was like god do I have any books like that from like my grandparents and I, th- <laughs> I think the two books that I actually took from my grandfather without him ever knowing, kind of <laughs> intending to read them and pass them back, was The Exorcist and For Whom the Bell Tolls. Ooh. So, um, yeah, two two have books you- that I'm sure I shouldn't have been reading when I was about 10. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, but I still have them. I'm sure they're still here somewhere. I actually had totally, totally forgotten about that that's even where they came from until... Until right now, it's nice to have something like that, yeah. you know, especially when you're passionate about books. Anyway, to have something that's been passed on to you, yeah, well, inadvertently um, passed on. You anyway, Well, I actually, I surely was a bit older than that. Actually, I don't know. I don't know because he passed away when I was Actually, relatively young so and I was another like reading Stephen King person at 11 I was actually only saying to Claire last night that I distinctly remember the librarian being like are you sure you should be reading this <laughs> and me going yeah yeah it's grand like my parents know and her kind of very reluctantly passing it over but like her also knowing I had read so much that I, that's the level I was at at that point Um, 
So yeah, not to. I do find it hard then. People will message me and say things like, "Is that book suitable for my fourteen-year-old?" And I'll be like, "Oh Jesus, I don't know." Yeah. Like, and then I'm like, "Hang on, what was I reading at that age?" But I like, I think that's very much of an individual parent yeah. kind of thing to decide. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I want my child reading Stephen King at that age. Yeah. But then I. But I definitely like one of the things like having reread certain books since. There are mm. definitely elements of the books that were not age appropriate, but that I have no recollection of. Like, so I'd say just maybe oh, I didn't 100%. understand yeah. the bits that were yeah. beyond my level of capability, especially the more like adult, we'll say, aspects of it. Like, I definitely do not yeah. remember certain things or even being confused about them. So I'd say just totally went over my head. Went right over your head. Yeah. yeah Thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> Um, and if if you could live in the world or like realm of any fictional character whose would it be and why oh you know what series of books I love for their setting is the Practical Magic books um, I oh, just yes. absolutely love them like they're set in New England um, one of the women in them has an apothecary shop but in modern times they wear 90s mm. clothes everything's fine really yeah. I mean, lots of bad things happen <laughs> in those books too but they they do magic spells <laughs> it's just yeah <laughs> oh they kill vengeful men but there's lots of like good things in them you know um i just really like i love those books i think there's something really comforting about them um yeah so definitely them yeah that's a good shout yeah they're one of the books in a series set in Salem, actually, like during the Salem witch trials. So not that book. Skip that one and just <laughs> the ones. The one set in the <laughs> books. Yeah. yeah. And our last question for you then, Chloe, is a more serious one again. But what advice would you have for people who want to get into reading or want to read more? So I'm actually asked this very regularly. And it usually happens every month when I put up my uh, all the books I read that yeah. month. I'll usually get a few messages from people being like, how do you read this much? Or I'd love to read more. I'd love to read even a few books more this year than I would have last year. And my answer is always um, basically something I stole from a magazine a few years ago. <laughs> but it's it's something I was doing anyway, so I just kind of stole their wording. Um, but in this article, they were saying, as with any hobby, if you want to do more of it, you have to actively carve out the time for it in your day. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was saying like... Um, you know, any downtime at all that you could be using to read if you want to do that, obviously, you know, you don't have to be a maniac about it or anything. But like, I in, in let's say in my life anyway, uh, I walk a lot, so I'll always have an audiobook on. Yeah. I clean my house a lot, so I'll always have an audiobook on. And then when my daughter's in bed, I'll usually be reading like a, a print copy. So I always have a book with me as well. Like I was at a hospital appointment today, I had a Kindle, I had an audiobook, like I had loads of books book options there I'm never without a book so I'll always have yeah. the opportunity to read um, I think you just have to find time for it like I don't watch that much TV anymore um, I just read a lot because I enjoy doing it it's something I want to focus on and I want to spend more time on so that's just I've made the time for it basically Yeah. Um, and I think when people realise that I think people think I have an abundance of time and they're always like <gasps> like where do you find the, I don't understand where the time comes from because you have a child and you have to clean your house and you have to do errands and do groceries and all these things. And I'm like, but I do those things and read at the same time because like it's mainly all your books. Yeah. I'm yeah. always recommending it because it's just uh, revolutionary for reading. I think. Yeah. If you can get into them at all, yeah. they are a game changer. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're not for everyone either. I mean, people do say that to me all the time that they find them incredibly distracting. Um, or they can't focus on them. They can't do two things at once or whatever it might be. Yeah. So that is tricky. Yeah. But you can still find time in the day to read an ebook, I should say, or a paperback book. And that's something Sinead always talks about as well. The entire Miami book of, is taking 30 minutes for yourself every day. Yes. And like, I don't think anyone would think badly for someone for taking 30 minutes for themselves just to sit down and do something they enjoy, you know, so. Absolutely. I'm just thinking back to my first yeah. ever experience of audiobooks. I was doing um, a post-grad course and it requires an awful lot of travelling for day courses around the place. And I remember being like, God, I could be using this time wisely and listening to an audiobook. And at the time, it was just a CD player in the car and my boyfriend at the time was same same person now really <laughs> um, he downloaded um he downloaded one for me paid for it and downloaded it and put it on cds for me or whatever and i remember i was like i am going to crash the car the narrator <laughs> can make or an odd i remember re- like listening to it and just feeling like i was going to doze off because it was the most monotonous voice i ever come across. Do you remember what the book was? Yeah, 1984. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yeah. a tough one to listen to in the car, I'd say. Yeah, it just, it didn't hit the spot. You could make the book monotonous though. Jeepers. That's a real, yeah. And I feel like I don't, I, at the moment, I don't think I could go back to it for a very long time because I just remember <laughs> feeling like I was going to crash the air from listening <laughs> to it. We were right, but the narrator makes such a difference. Yeah. Like, I, I when I worked as a midwife, I had a woman in labor and, you know, people can put on music or whatever they want. And she wanted to put on an audiobook. And I was like, this is right up my street. <laughs> like, <laughs> one of the Harry Potter books on audio narrated by Stephen Fry. And he has such a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. I was like, what a perfect choice. Yeah. Because really soothing for her. She loves the books. Yeah. He has a great voice. And we we're all just sitting there like, fantastic. In my element. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really loved it. It was such a good idea. Oh, I thought there was going to be a twist in this where the where it was a different narrator or something, and it didn't end up very well. No, honestly, it was great. Yeah, yeah. he and has a great. lovely voice for audiobooks. Yeah, velvety. Yeah, yeah. Good shows on that one. Yeah. Okay, before we finish up, you probably know this by now, but we do a quick fire round. Really? Yes, where you get a set of choices and you pick one. Are you up for it? Yes. Okay. Kind of like um. Did you ever used to watch Blackbird Jungle three Darcy yes. ones? No. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember you used to make people do a rapid fire buzzer round? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just me. We'd have to get a buzzer, Rebecca. <laughs> you know, wrong answer. <laughs> Send people the buzzer in advance. Well, weren't we talking about something before um, another podcast, Rebecca, and they had like a keyword, and if you mentioned the keyword in the podcast, the episode ended. Was it? It was that? an author. It was an author who was telling us about it. Yes, it's yes, it was. It was Sorry, like, um, here am I thinking. Was it like your favorite dishes or something like that? Yeah, so like basically, you said lemon drizzle here. We we would have agreed that lemon drizzle was the buzzword, and if you mentioned lemon drizzle, I'd just hang up. That was it. Like you'd be gone. There'd be no more. Yeah, interview. and like it's it's a pretty well known. Like it's definitely a comedian or someone like a. a relatively yeah. well-known name is the presenter but like the guests know that I presume they know that there is a word and if you <laughs> say the word 
Wow. That's not the case here. That though, would be harsh. No, no well, one I'm would scared. ever talk to us again. <laughs> so many. Say it again. You're both just going to be like, eh. <laughs> okay. Right. Here we go. Hardback or paperback? Paperback. Dust jacket on or off when reading? Oh, on. Judge a book by its cover, yes or no? Yes. Would you rather never read a new release or never be able to reread a book? Never be able to reread. Okay. Series or standalone? Standalone. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh, um, neither. Oh. Hmm. I rarely watch them, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Um, a popular book you didn't enjoy? Um... See, this is what I was saying to you. I can't ever think of book one. I might have to come back to that. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, breaking the spine, a sin or a pleasure? It's just something I do automatically. I don't really ever notice it. Um, you kind of have to break the spine. I think so too. And people get an awful lot of slack really? online for breaking the spine of book. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's worse things you could be doing in fairness. Yeah. So. <laughs> like someone's actual spine. Right. Um, read inside or outside? Inside. Dublin or New York? Ooh, I immediately thought Dublin, so... Oh, that's good. I guess Dublin, yeah. Yeah. That is good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, you I look a bit surprised with that answer. <laughs> you know, I am a bit surprised. <laughs> York, you idiot. <laughs> um, no, I do. In fairness. That's it. There are... My house is here, so... Kind that's of have to yeah. I don't know if I need to live there. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, because we, we had a chat about the popular book one before you came on we were like what would we say yeah. now to that question and both of us kind of had one straight away that we were both a bit like about um, but yeah we, we weren't sure if it was the kind of one that what book was it you were saying though just out of interest come to I mind said or the not. Spanish Love Deception oh I haven't even heard of that oh no I have heard of it um, yeah. is that a whole se- is that Ali Hazelwood or is that someone else I've, it's, I, it's I've uh, it Lena Armas yeah, okay. it's one. It's they were all out. They all came out around that time. Yeah, uh, my one was a little life. The had yeah. Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of people like that's definitely a rare white book as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and I did it as part of a body read, and a lot of the people in the body read didn't enjoy it, and, and you know that may or may not have influenced. Do you know the way sometimes that if everybody's going to not enjoy something. It, rubs off on you I'm not sure if that influenced my feelings on it but definitely like whenever I think of something that I'm like oh god I, I couldn't I could never read that again nor in good faith recommend it to someone Yeah, very well written but just couldn't put yeah. anyone through through it like I think that's probably yeah. how I felt about Catch 22 actually um, after okay. my many not reading it like I can yeah. see why people love it and I can see why yeah. it's considered a classic mm-hmm. but it just wasn't for me um, like there were definitely parts that I was like, huh, that's, you know, interesting the way that's written or I like yeah. his use somewhere there. But at the same time, I spent a lot of it just being like, okay, I get it. Like, I, I get it, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of intentional misogyny in it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Intentional that it's used to point out how bad the people who are being misogynistic are. But after a while of reading that as a woman, you're kind of like, uh-huh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Men's favorite book. Like so many men I know have recommended it to me. I never hear a woman recommend <laughs> it, which I just think is interesting. But, that know. is a very good point. That actually. is interesting. That's another yeah. one I read yeah. as a teenager, I'd say. So maybe, and I, I don't have any particular feelings either way about it. But yeah, yeah, 
But I find like that I read loads of books like that as a teenager, like Jack Kerouac and stuff like that. That as a teenager, I thought these were like the classic books that I had to mm-hmm. read. Um, because I hadn't read any feminist books yet. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, okay. That's why like the people who are recommending them to me are like guys that are like, yeah. you have to read Kerouac, he's amazing. And then you read it and you're like, well, you know, again, not so good on characters. Yeah, Jack. Um, you know, <laughs> Eljar, which was like, okay, I should have been reading that instead. Yeah. Yeah. But at least you've read now. You know, it's it, whatever yeah. age the realisation was, it, once you had it, that was the important thing, I suppose. So yeah, Catherine, did yeah. you? Very valid answer to that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and Janet thought of one there because that would have bothered me otherwise. <laughs> no, you're okay. I think we were kind of sit up in bed at 3 a.m. just like, oh my God. I yeah. <laughs> we were thinking that it might be, do you know when in that episode of Friends where Phoebe does like North Route, South Route, asking the questions and then you'd subliminally just give your answer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 I paint it back actually because I always think I prefer hardbacks, but maybe it's paperbacks. So that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, they were pretty instantaneous. Yeah. 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 You did, actually. You answered them quite quickly. Some yeah. people deliberate over them a small bit, but no, you were just. Well, I thought it was the rapid fire buzzer round. It, so it, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chloe. So thanks for coming on, Chloe. For having me. That was great for Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Another Chapter Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share to keep the book conversation going. Thank you to Helen Becerra for the graphics, Mark Neville for the mixing and to each of our contributors. Music is Make It Work by All Good Folks. Don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Another Chapter Podcast. We'll see you there.